everyone, you're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I'm in a series of messages called That Thing We Do, That Thing We Do. It's a series on worship. Well, today I want to talk to you about the subject, The Finest Hour. Say it with me. The finest hour at all campuses, the finest hour. Just for a second, use your imagination. Just for a second, picture Bill Gates. He's a multi-billionaire. What if you went home and you noticed you'd received an email from Bill Gates inviting you to meet with him in a couple of days? Let's say Wednesday in Seattle. And what if in the email, Bill Gates pretty much put the cards on the table and said, I want to do business with you. I want to invest in you. All of us would be like, this is ridiculous. This is sick. I get a chance to do business with Bill Gates. Surely someone's messing me around. Surely a friend of mine is playing a cruel, practical joke. But quickly, you call and find out it's Bill Gates. So he sends one of his planes to pick you up. He flies you to Seattle. You walk into his office. He extends his hand. You grasp his hand. And you're thinking to yourself, I just shook hands with Bill Gates. You sit down, sip some espresso, because, you know, they serve a lot of coffee in Seattle. But it pales in comparison to the coffee here in Miami. Miami has the best coffee in the world. I've already had today a cafe con leche and a colada and a cortadito already. That's why I'm so energetic. You talk with Bill. He's warm. He's engaging. A transaction takes place. Contracts are signed. He says, I'm going to invest huge money in you. And and you know, you do the math. You're going to bank big money and you're going to put it in the bank and you're going to be like, like, like really, really, really on another level financially, you walk out of his office, you say to yourself, this is just stunning. I've made all this money. Bill Gates has extended his hand to me, and I just basically shook his hand. We did the deal, and, and all he wants to do is kind of meet with me like once a week. For the next uh, little while, he's going to fly his plane down every time and pick me up. I mean, that's sweet. What if that happened? I mean, would we be happy? I mean, we would be like, wow, unbelievable. We would prepare, I know, for the meeting. We would wear our best outfit, wouldn't we? We would know what we're talking about because we're actually, we're talking to Bill Gates, a multi-billionaire. Well, let me stop just for a second. Let me, let, me, let me stop the fantasy land and let's talk about the real deal. We have an opportunity, don't we, to meet with someone who makes Bill Gates seem like nothing. We have an opportunity every week to meet with our game-changing God. We have an opportunity to come to his office. And here's the cool thing. God wants to do business in your life and in mine. I'll say it again. God wants to do transactions in your life and mine. He's extended his hand to us. He wants us to grasp his hand. I want to talk to you about the finest hour of the week. 
the meeting, the appointment, the corporate meeting we have with God each and every week. The first day of the week is Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. Why? Because Sunday is Resurrection Day. That's why it happens on Sunday. And the Bible says if we give God His day, He'll bless the rest. I'll say it again. If we worship God on His day, set that day apart, then, then amazing things will happen in our lives. Again, if you met with Bill Gates, if I met with Bill Gates, we would do anything to be there, have our best on, we'd be prepared. Yet we have an opportunity, don't we, each and every week to meet with God. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, it says, let us not give up meeting together. In other words, don't diss this basic directive in Scripture, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another. The finest hour happens right here in this office with our great game-changing God. He extends his hand to us. We need to grasp the hand of God. The first day of the week, our finest hour. That thing we do is worship. Everybody worships. No one taught you how to worship. No one taught me how to worship. We just know how to worship. We're passionate about something. That's worship. God wants us to understand the depth of worship. True worship is not what just happens in here. It's what happens out there. But what happens in here affects what happens out there. When I worship, what am I doing? It's my response to God. It's your response to God's activity and identity by what we say and what we do. So it's great to get all emotional during worship, to cry, to lift our hands, to bow our heads and hearts. But if our emotion doesn't translate into devotion, we're just talking smack and we're not doing jack. Let's talk about preparation for worship because if indeed God is this game-changing God that we know He is, and I'm telling you He is, then we better be prepared for the finest hour. How do we prepare for worship? You'll see your message map. Does everybody have your message map? Wave it, 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 wave it. Yeah. Go to the right. Go to the left. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'll kind of mess you up here. I was trying to figure it out there. But anyway, that's the message map. That thing we do is what? Worship. Everybody worships. Every single person is passionate about something. God says don't waste your worship. And make sure, God says, you have your rear in gear. You're here worshiping me corporately at least once a week. So we got to be, number one, involved in preparation. That's the first blank on your message map. I love blanks because blanks are kind of naked, aren't they? Let's close the blank. and Let's put the word preparation there. We got to be prepared for this meeting with our great game-changing God. He's going to take our lives to another level. How do we do that? Well, look at your hand. Everybody do your hand like that. Do your hand like that. You see, I have stuff written on my hand. And that is what I'm going to talk about over the next several minutes, the stuff that's written on my hand. No, you can't read it, but it's written on my hand, so I will not forget it. I've got to do whatever it takes to remember stuff, right? If you want to grasp the hand of God, if you want God to take your hand and lead you into this life of worship, 
into this life that, that is on another planet and plane of living, we've got to be prepared. And it's about the hand. The thumb stands for, I've got to be prayed up. Prayed up. I pray before I come to God's office. I pray before I come to church. Who do I pray for? Who do I pray for? I pray for all of the volunteers. We have hundreds and hundreds of volunteers right now in Miami just making this thing happen. <laughs> hundreds of people. They're tweaking dials. They're singing. They're helping us with video in the preschool area, the children's area, extravagant hospitality, the parking crew. The same is true at every single one of our environments. Pray for the volunteers. Pray for the people who step out and lead in this area. Also pray for those of us who are the pastors. Pray that God would give us the words to say. Pray for other people who will be at fellowship. Pray for people who are believers and how they can ratchet up their relationship with the Lord. Pray for those who are not believers. Pray for those who are, who are dogged with doubt. Pray for those who have serious questions about Christianity. Pray for those who are going through times of suffering. Pray for those who've gone through a time of loss. All those people, all types of people, all stripes of people are represented here at Fellowship. We've got to be prayed up. Pray for our own life. God, what do you want to show me? Have this expectation as you come to church. Hey, if Bill Gates sent me an email, he's telling me, He's going to invest in me, and I'm going to make all this money. Boy, when I walk into his office, I'm going to, I'm going to be expecting great things. Yeah. Do you have a sense of expectation when you come to church? Be prayed up. The pointer. You better be rested up. <laughs> Get a good night's rest. After all, we're meeting with our game-changing God. Get a good night's rest. You don't think you would get a good night's rest before you met with Bill Gates? Yeah, you would. Get a good night's rest. Lisa and I talked to somebody a couple days ago, and they were talking about going to this concert. And they were like, yeah, now, now, now I'm going to take the day off before the concert to rest up prior to the concert. That's preparation. We prepare when we go mountain biking. We prepare when we go snowboarding. We prepare before we go fishing. We prepare before we go hunting. We prepare before we go shopping. Yet we get up and go, yeah, I might go to church. I'm not sure. If I can have some brunch and we can get out early enough, maybe, yeah, I think we have a service. I think I'll show up. That's not it. We got to be ready. Rest it up. Expecting God to do great things. The tall man, we got to be dressed up. Dressed up. If I met with Bill Gates, I mean, I would, have, I would have a nice outfit on. Church should not be a fashion show. It shouldn't be a flesh show. We don't expect, though, believers to dress like believers until they become a believer. So don't be judging somebody. Oh, what's this girl thinking about? What's he doing? No, 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 no. They might not be followers of Christ. Let God deal with that. People ask me all the time, how should I dress at Fellowship Church? Casual? I mean, these are kind of jeans and loafers. I don't have any socks on. This is a cotton blazer, you know? And I mean, you know what? Here's what I say. How would you dress 
if you were going into God's office and meeting with him? Well, I don't know. Answer that question, that's the way you dress. But it's not a fashion show. Why did people start dressing up in the first place for church? Why? You know why? Because it showed honor to God to get dressed up. Also, the ring finger, I like this too. Listen to my ring, kind of makes the noises. Thank you. I got this for my 50th birthday. Lisa got this for me. It's cool. Get linked up. Get linked up. We have linkage with all sorts of people. God has placed all of us in different parts of life for different ages, different stages. We see people regularly. We should link up with them, extend our hand to them because God has extended his hand to us, invite them and bring them where? To the house, to the meeting, to the boardroom. Great things will happen. If I am truly following Christ, this should be happening in my life regularly. In other words, I should regularly have people I'm praying for who don't know Christ. I should regularly be linking up and bringing people here who are far away from God. If I'm not doing that, I'm not worshiping. I'm really not a worshiper. Because in worship, we confess the name of Jesus. We've sung to him. And it's easy to do that here at Fellowship Church. But what about the gym? What about the golf course? What about the classroom? What about the coffee shop? Can you confess him there as well? I don't mean to be, to be mean-spirited or, or to preach to people, but just to reach out to them. And at the right time, as you pray for them, hey, why don't you come to Fellowship Church with me? We want this place to be a safe place for you to hear a dangerous message. We want you to be comfortably uncomfortable. Comforted by Christ, but uncomfortable for him. The little finger stands for fess up. Fess up. That, that, that's a you know, little word for confession. You mean I should confess my sins? as I'm going to church before church? Where did you get that? Well, I got it from the Bible. The Bible says in Psalm 130, sometimes you'll read some of the Psalms, and it's not Palms, it's Psalms. Sometimes people say, hey, I like the book of Palms. No, it's Psalms. Psalms. But sometimes you'll read a Psalm, and you'll see in little a little writing beneath one of the numbers, a psalm of ascent. In other words, like you're climbing a hill. Think about a treadmill. You put it on a 15-degree incline, you know. So, so as people would worship back in the day, they would walk up a hill because the house of God was on a hill, on an incline. As they were climbing the incline, people, followers of the Lord, would sing, and they would chant. So, so, so Psalm 130, for example, is the psalm of ascent. Let's read it. Out of the depths I cry to you. Think about a single parent. Out of the depths I cry to you. Think about a student. Think about a family. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. 
We all need mercy. Once we meet Christ, we get messed up by his mercy. If you, O oh Lord, kept a record of my sins, thankfully he doesn't. Aren't you happy about that? I am. That'd be a great place to really clap right now. I'm just Because when one claps, everybody claps. I thought I heard everybody clapping. God does not keep a record of my sins. That's real. Okay. I thought I heard that. That applause. If you, O oh Lord, kept a record of my sins, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. What a poignant passage of Scripture. We're forgiven. God has extended his hand to you and to me. He's made up the distance between man and God, between you and God and me and God, caused by our sin. God has extended his hand. We grasp his hand. Our sins are forgiven, forgotten. We're messed up by his mercy, and we trade our guilt in for God's grace, our failures for his forgiveness. We confess as we're going to church. Is that something you're involved in? And once we do that, see, we got the hand, and we can grasp the hand of God. I'm prayed up, rested up, Dressed up, linked up, fess up the hand of God. After our first service, it was cool. A couple of students had, had written this on their hand, and we took pictures of our hands together, and I put it on my, put it on my Twitter account. That's at Ed Young, if you want to follow me. Anyway. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, it is. Thank you. Yeah, I forget that's up there. So we talked about preparation. And, and if you're a Christ follower, this is for you. You're prepared. We got that down? Preparation? Nod your head, yes. Wave your message map again. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. Okay, let's talk now about another thing we need to do. Number two, see the blank? Participation. Preparation, participation. How do we participate in that thing we do? Now, we understand, once again, that worship is our response to God's identity and activity by what we say and what we do. We understand that. I'm talking, though, about the finest hour. I'm talking about what we do in God's office, because what happens in here affects what happens out there. What happens out there affects what happens in here. You feel me, right? Preparation. we got to have that. Participation. How do I really get engaged in this meeting? I mean, I'm sitting on the edge of, of this buttersoft leather chair in Bill Gates' office, sipping espresso, staring into his glasses like, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm like <laughs> laughing, even if something is not really that funny. I'm like, <laughs> you know, over laughter. You know, you laugh too much, you know, sometimes complimenting things you're like well why am I saying that you know just 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 so how engaged am I when I'm in God's office well how do I get engaged write it down I'll say it again write it down write it down I read a stat several years ago about about people remembering stuff 
In about three or four days, people forget 95% of what a speaker has said. Wow, they only remember 5%. You'll only remember 5% of what I've said Wednesday. Well, how do you change that? How do you turn the tide? Write it down. Thoughts disentangle themselves when they pass through our lips into our fingertips. That's why the Bible is God's written word to us. That's why we have the what? Wave them again. Wave them. Message map. And if you're watching this by television, you're like, I want a message map. We'll just go to edyoung.com and we have an icon there and you can follow along while I speak. And if you're worshiping online, we're starting an online church. In the next several weeks, we have an online pastor. So you can be anywhere in the world and be involved and engaged at Fellowship Church. More to come later. Anyway, write it down. You write it down, you can go back and check your notes. Write it down. You got it? Write it down. You know when someone scores the basket? I used to say this when I used to play ball. When you shoot a three-string music, I used to say this. I would sometimes trash talk. I would say, write it down. Because you got a scorekeeper. In a basketball game, they have to write down, okay, he shot the three. Write, write it down. Isn't that cool? That's a cool sound. I don't want to make a t-shirt. Write it down. Anyway, write it down. Also, sing it out. Sing it out. I don't care if you're tone deaf. Sing it out. Sing it out. The Bible says that we're to sing unto the Lord a new song 17 times. Say 17 with me. 17 times the Bible says sing a new song. A new song. We write so many incredible new songs. Study church history. After every great spiritual awakening, it was followed by new songs. Isn't that cool? New songs. Sometimes I meet people who go, well, I want to go back. I'm talking about back to the old school stuff, back to the traditional singing of the church. And I say, well, that's, that's great. How far back do you want to go? To the Jewish melodies of the early church? To the Gregorian chants? I mean, how far back do you want to go? Some of the great hymns of the church were simply bar songs that people put Christian lyrics to. So take the most popular beats you might hear at some club. They just took that and put Christian lyrics to it. When Silent Night first came out, you know, Silent Night, Holy Night, people said there was not enough gospel in it. When Handel's Messiah came out, people said, well, it's just too repetitive. Sing it to the Lord a new song. Traditional songs are great. Hymns are great. Don't get me wrong. However, sing it to the Lord a new song. And when you sing, you sing to God. Sometimes you'll see people with their hands lifted. That's cool. You might be going, why are people lifting their hands? What is the natural response when a little baby, a little toddler, sees its father or its parent? This? There's nothing like that. Dad's? Pick the child up. This wants to be held. When we're doing that, we're saying, God, I surrender my life to you. You're God, I'm not. You're sovereign, I'm not. You're omnipotent, I'm not. 
You're omniscient. I'm not. You're omnipresent. I'm not. I'm not. You are. That's what we're doing when we extend our hands to God. You don't have to lift your hands. Maybe you want to put your hand over your heart. Maybe you just want to stand there like a statue. Cool. Sing, though, to the Lord. I don't care if you're tone deaf. Sing to the Lord. Most of us in an athletic contest will sing the fight song or sing here or there. We're tone deaf. But let's, 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 let's bring it at church as well. So sing it out. Also, soak it in like a sponge. Soak it in. We soak it. We soak in the word. We soak in relationships. We soak in worship. But we don't soak it in just to be all bloated and heavy. I know some churches, they're like the, the, the soaker churches, just a bunch of sponges. You know how heavy a sponge is when it's just packed full of water? What good, bleh. What good is that? I look at a lot of people who call themselves Christians. They're just old sponges. <laughs> Suck the life out of people, the life out of everything. They just... <laughs> The sponge is there to be used, right? We apply it and we give it away. That's the fourth thing. We soak it in, then we give it away. We just squeeze the sponge. We allow God to take his hand and squeeze our lives as we pour living water on people that we see in our marriage amongst our kids, our friends. So we give it away, the water of life, to so many people who are thirsting for eternity. That's what we're about. That's what Jesus wants us to be about. That is the beauty of the church. And fellowship, I thank you for understanding that fact. The finest hour. What happens in here affects what happens out there. One of the Ten Commandments, honor the Lord on the Sabbath. This is our Sabbath, the resurrection day. The first day of the week we give this day to God, He blesses the rest. The same is true with our finances. You realize when we have an opportunity to participate in the offering, that's worship, how we handle our stuff. One out of every 10 things Christ talked about was money. One out of 10. When I bring my first to the house, it tells me, hey, Ed, hey, dummy, it's not about you. It's about God. He has taken his hand and blessed you and blessed your family with stuff. He wants a portion. So it'll remind me, and also it's an act of worship to him, that everything is his. It's part of worship. Are you involved in that? We, 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 you know, we, we can't force you to do that. It's between you and God. I'm just throwing it out, man. We've got to give it away. So that's what happens when we are prepared and when we participate in the finest hour. To this, this directive 
is really, really a scary thing. Don't do it. God commands it and demands it. Make sure you're here. Something supernatural takes place as we respond to God's identity, as we respond to his activity by what we say and do in this house, the finest hour. Maybe you're here and you're like, Ed, I'm not a believer, but I'm, but I'm ready to try this thing. I mean, I mean I'm, I can't extend my hand to God. I know he's extended his hand to me, but at least I can just, just extend a pinky. And Jesus basically said that. Jesus said, if you have a pinky faith, he said a mustard seed faith, that the Lord will grasp your hand and you can know him personally. I remember when my kids were small, we would cross the street, a busy street. I would grasp their hands and they would try to let go of my hand. I could tell, I could feel it, but because I'm the father and stronger, once I had their hand, I wasn't letting go. God's the same way. He loves you. You're his child. You need to extend your pinky to him. And he'll grasp your hand and he'll lead you into a life of worship. You'll understand that it's that thing that we do. Would you pray with me? As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, if you need to extend your pinky to God, you've tried this, you've tried that, you've got doubts, you've got questions, but if you just have a tiny bit of faith, God is extending his hand to you right now. He wants to grasp your hand. And the moment you lift your hand and just extend your pinky to him. Here's what will happen. He'll grasp your hand. He'll forgive you. He'll cleanse you. He'll lead you into a life like you've never, ever, ever dreamed possible. If you want to pray that prayer with me, you can pray this right now to extend your pinky to God. Just say, God, I confess my sin to you. You know I've, I've messed up, I've fallen short, but I believe that you made up the distance, God, that my sin caused by sending Jesus to die on the cross and rise again. And right now I extend my hand to the nail-scarred hand of Jesus. Jesus is grasping your hand right now. Just like I would grasp the hands of our little ones years ago. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. I grasp your hand. Lord, we thank you for what's happening right now. Thank you for listening, and thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.